to the Best Coast Political Podcast with Jeremy Cardona and Matt Dell, coming to you from Victoria on this dark and cold Sunday evening, uh, broadcasting from the unceded Coast Salish territories. And uh, how you doing, Matt? Hey, Jeremy. I am great. Happy to talk about some uh, Victoria politics on a Sunday night, which doesn't seem like a break, but for me, that's uh, that's like a nice relaxing break to just talk shop with you. Yeah, tonight we're talking about some controversial proposed developments in downtown. We're just kind of getting into the weeds with downtown and development, and um, we are going to be talking about a proposed development that uh, is owned by Starlight Development, and they've purchased the area that is currently Market on Yates and London Drugs, and even the area one block to the east of there that's currently a, um, a car dealership. Yep. And so do you want to introduce our guest for us, Matt? Yeah, so uh, you know, you and I have been talking a lot about what we want downtown to look like in 2050. You know, visioning for our kids, uh, what we want it to be for them. Uh, lots of people are ready to talk about this subject. Something that something that I've always looked up to is Ian Sutherland from the Downtown Residents Association. Ian is the head of the land use uh, for the DRA. He is a 35 years in the building industry as a civil engineer. He was born and raised in Victoria. He has traveled the world looking at uh, you know, architecture. I've sat on the VCAN table, which is a community association network with him for five years. And I've always kind of looked up to his uh, knowledge on downtown development. He, he definitely knows his, the subject matter better than anyone I've seen. And uh, I always thought we'd have him on the podcast. He's a, he's a pretty straight shooter who definitely knows a lot of the technical side of things. So we will see what he has to say about Starlight. And uh, he's, he's big into a couple other developments downtown, the TELUS Ocean Center beside the Empress, which is going to uh, remake a couple of lots with a huge glass kind of mirrored future building. He's big into heritage and Old Town, including the Duck Building on Herald Street, Broad Street, sorry. Yeah, um, Ducks, so we. Yeah, so we will get Ian's view on all that stuff and I think going to learn a fair bit about the official community plan and how these new developments stack up against the 2012 uh, OCP. So it's going to be a bit controversial because I don't think a lot of people know how they feel about downtown Victoria and how they, what they want it to be. Yeah, and we're trying to organize these conversations in a way that they're accessible to people who are not totally in the weeds about things like density and zoning because it can get really dry and technical really quickly. And I think you should be able to have a conversation and we're trying to have a conversation that is more from the point of view of values. What is it that people want? What kind of a city do you wanna live? Do you wanna live in a city that's like Vancouver? Do you wanna live in a city that's like, um, you know, one of the mid-sized European cities? What, what is Victoria going to be as, as it starts to change? I mean, one of the things I think we'll probably talk about in this conversation is that developers have discovered Victoria. They discovered Vancouver obviously a long time ago, but because it's difficult and expensive to develop in Vancouver, some of that's come over to Victoria just really in the last mm -hmm. five or six years. It's not just like our, our small and medium-sized local developers. We now have like big, like sovereign Starlight, funds. Starlight's yeah, international, Starlight's, big international developer. And they wanna make money and they don't really care about the character of our city. So uh, there has been skepticism. And you know, I, I think just about everyone not everyone, but probably 85% of the people in Victoria realize that we need to densify in some capacity. There's relatively few people who say no more building of any kind. People say, yes, densification is happening, but it's really a question of where and how and how much. And those are much stickier questions. 
Yeah, abs- absolutely. And and there's a lot of nimbyism, which is, you know, f- rightly so, people are kind of going, well, why here and why not over there? And why here and why that and why this? And uh, it's just difficult. You know, I don't want a condo on my street, obviously, but I want it to be downtown. And I don't know what the are answer you saying, is. Are you, saying, are you saying you actually don't want a condo on your street? Or are you saying like that, like hypothetically? Um, well, my street's not set up for a condo. It has a, a school on it and a bunch of single family homes. I, I mean, I think we want to build things within, I, I, I'd like townhouses on my street. I'd like duplexes and triplexes, but I don't, I think a condo would be out of character and I think they're better suited downtown or in urban villages. I live on a quaint little, little street, but there's a lot of opportunity, but you know, it's, it's an interesting conversation. There's lots to think about. And uh, the affordability for me is the biggest piece. Like we are in a crisis and, and the crisis of affordability has real implications on people's lives. It is damaging for families. It's damaging for kids. It's damaging on relationships. It's damaging on mental health. And we have to do something about affordability and we all have to kick in, not just downtown, but the neighborhoods as well. Um, and and well, that's, that's, that's exactly it. the missing middle piece, which we should talk about in a, in a separate episode, but um it keeps coming up, but I mean, one of the things that, uh, you know, in looking through the official community plan and then following along with development statistics, downtown in Harris Green has taken on more than its fair share of densification. And mm-hmm. that's meant a lot of skyscrapers. The urban villages in Victoria, like Quadra, like Hillside, like Fernwood Square, like Cook Street, have not absorbed enough, of, let alone the areas outside of Victoria, right? We won't even start talking about Oak Bay right now. But um, there could be a lot more densification going on in, in and around those urban villages. And that's very consistent with the official community plan. It's when we think about densification, this is maybe my message, my message for the day to our listeners is that when you think about densification, you don't just have to think about towers. You can think about two, three, four, five, six story buildings, what are called missing middle or mid rise buildings that are close to services, close to transportation networks without having a 30 story tower. There's yeah. other ways of densifying. Would you not agree though? And I don't disagree, but downtown are a spot of density and people like that. Like I like to go to a dense, like New York. I, I like to go to New York because I want it to be a dense spot. And I think it offers a lot of value, a lot of people, a lot of restaurants. And I don't think it's bad to place a lot of density on downtown. Although I think other areas also need to say, hey, you know what? We can't just be a, a single family neighborhood when there's a housing crisis. And I, I like a dense downtown Victoria. So you, I know you and I differ on that a little bit. Um, although I don't know a lot about this. So I'm very happy to learn from Ian. I'm happy to learn from you. And uh, truthfully, I have a lot of learning to do on the subject uh, yeah, overall. But um, we, we will learn from Ian on this. I, I, I do too, because I know that the densification levels differ downtown right like old town has one level of densification the rest of downtown has a different one so maybe we'll probably get into that with ian because i mean if you think about it like a lot of old town is not skyscrapers right if you think about lower johnson how tall are those buildings three stories maybe four Mm -hmm. but there's no setbacks right The, the buildings come up really close to the edge of the sidewalk they have a pretty big footprint there's there's a amount of densification there or a nice level of density do we need an answer than that you know these are the kinds of questions i think about and you know and it's also like what are we knocking down to build things like those are questions that we should all have well i think what we all don't want is for victoria to bulldoze its heritage just to build a certain level of density we've lost something then yeah yeah for, yeah I, there's some there's some truth in there absolutely um okay before we get in on you want to talk about your party though what's you got oh, yeah, a party what, what's the deal with the party am i invited is everyone invited <laughs> Everyone in Victoria is invited to my party. I, and anyone who follows me on Facebook knows that I've been, I've been like, um, 
I've been fantasizing, I guess you would say, about I've started to allow myself to think about the post-pandemic period. Wow. And, and I know Brave. I don't know when that is, but in, in my head, you know, according to Trudeau, everyone's going to be vaccinated in this country by September. Yes. So in my head, the pandemic is over in October. I don't know yeah, if you're I think October is Halloween. <laughs> yeah. I mean, other people think, well, we're we're talking 2022. But um anyway, I thought, why not to start planning this? this incredible party now and yeah some of the details need to come into focus like like when it's going to be and like where are you going to do it where it's going to be <laughs> but um i had i had one initial idea you want to hear my initial idea sure yeah this could change but i thought i don't want to just have like a normal party where there's beer i want to do something that is like high art and, and something oh. that is symbolic something that would have made david bowie proud and um so here's my initial thought. I thought, what if we rented out all three of the um, of the halls of the of the rentable halls, public halls in James Bay, uh -huh. Edelweiss, the White Eagle Hall, and then the James Bay Athletic Association? We rent all three of them out in one evening, and it's essentially like a festival in between these three sites. You can maybe even apply for a grant for it to offset some of the costs. And at the first site, which would be the Edelweiss, you would it, would, it would be a sequential event. Everyone would go, not all at the same time, but you would go to the Edelweiss first. And the Edelweiss, there would be music and food and activities there, but they would, that, that spot would represent the pre-pandemic period. That is like traveling back in time to before the pandemic. And the artistic events and the symbolism and the music would like okay. symbolically yeah. represent your life pre-pandemic. And then you would travel <laughs> after that to the White Eagle Hall, and that pandemic represents party. that represents the pandemic. Mm. What's that going to be like? What's a, what's a pandemic? Why would anyone well, even want to go there? I don't want to go to this party. It's an opportunity to reflect on who you were and what happened to you during the pandemic. It could also be opportunity to pay back people we've lost, or the businesses we've lost, or or the suffering that's happened. You know, um, it could be a little bit more serious, a little darker. And then you and then you travel over to the athletic association, and then that is the post-pandemic period. And that's the, rave. the that's the catharsis. That's the healing. That's right. the transcendence. And so, uh, myself and my family and some of my friends have already started to think about some of the things that might go on. You know, for instance, like being able to write down paper intention you have to carry something forward about yourself from the pandemic. What is it about this pandemic period that you want to maintain? What is it you want to go back to? But what is it that you've learned and maybe you want to keep with you as you move forward? And then be able to write that down and put it into some kind of a artistic tree or something I, I don't know i haven't worked out all these but that's kind of my initial vision so i'm, the, I'm there man i'm there <laughs> I'm, I'm probably gonna i won't even get past the first hall though i'll be toasted after the first hall. <laughs> yeah you never made it to the last ones and there's gonna be booze and there's gonna be music and there's gonna be cut me off dancing and online someone was like well will there be fire artists like people spinning the fire i don't know hell yeah all the people spin the fire uh, it's fire spinners Fire, there's definitely going to be fire spinners. And um, my daughter was like, well, what if we had a bonfire and we burned all the masks? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's like, well, we don't want the fire department to show up. <laughs> but I, I do like something like that, you know? It's going to be, post-pandemic, it's going to be nuts. Like, people are, people are going to go crazy. I'm actually going to worry for my liver what's going to happen post-pandemic. Well, I'm, this, is, this party is going to usher in the post-pandemic period. That's the whole idea. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, I love it. Sign me up. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm down. What, why, don't, why don't we get Ian on and talk about downtown? Okay, let's do it. All right. So we started talking about downtown uh, because there's some controversial developments happening downtown. Uh, the Starlight Project where it's going to replace Market on Yates. And, you know, sometimes it's hard, it's hard to understand, and London Drug, it's hard to understand who to listen to. We have developers who are doing the work. We have city planners who are trying to follow OCP. And we have people like Ian, who are the residents and the volunteers who I think really live in the area and care deeply about downtown. Is that kind of how you'd characterize your role on, on the land use planning on the DRA, Ian? Uh, well, we like to think of ourselves, I mean, our role, um, uh, for uh, as, as the land use uh, um, committee for the downtown is basically to, uh, to facilitate um, uh, dialogue between you know uh, applicants for development um, applications and the the public at large. That's that's our primary role, and 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 kind of relay that information to the council to aid them in their decision making pro process. Um, the other one of our other um, uh, jobs that we're tasked with is to kind of cast an eye over over policy making and and uh, and provide input to you know the ways uh, policies created and interpreted uh, you know during during these applications. So that's that's our primary role. Um, yeah. We do find ourselves uh, advocating for. Um, for other things such as um, you know community amenities and, and and things like that. So, what guides downtown? We have an official community plan. Is the is that the primary guiding document that kind of visions on what downtown will look like going forward? Um, yes, the the official community plan um, kind of provides the broad strokes. Um, there's a, a, a local area plan called the uh, um, downtown core area plan that that kind of fills in. Uh, the more detailed um, uh, issues uh, uh, provides design guidelines and and specifics like setbacks and 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 things like that. And what year are those? Uh, the OC, I know community OCP was in 2012. It came out, mm -hmm. and and how long does that last for? When does it vision out to? There's they're supposed to vision for 30 years, roughly. I think it's 2041. Yeah, that would make sense. So it's pretty new. I mean, a lot of people refer to it as, as oh, it's old. It's eight years old. Yeah. And, and, and no, it's, it's actually compared to a lot of other jurisdictions. It's extremely new. So did you uh, help draft that one? Yeah, we were, we participated in the, um, you know, in the, in the public uh, review. Um, I don't know how much of our input was actually considered, but well, Ian, <laughs> we, we um, provided it. For, yeah. for, if we could just zoom back a bit for those who don't follow zoning and bylaw and, and growth management around town, but are interested in Victoria and its heritage and its culture and its character, maybe give listeners a sense of what the downtown residents association, what, what your guys' view is on the changes that are happening in Victoria. What do you want to see change? What do you want to see say the same? Um, and you can speak either for the DRA or just for yourself, but give us a sense of where you're coming from. Well, our, our uh, as far as the DRA is concerned, we, our, our mandate is to support um, the OCP. I, I'm 
that as a representative of the DRA, that's, mm. that's our, that's our. our How about take, taking that hat off and just speaking as Ian then? Okay. Um, yeah, my personal view on it and, and, and certainly some of the, the um, uh, feedback that was provided early on in the process was that, uh, that there was a, you know, there's, there, there's a, a few shortcomings uh, w with the document. Um, uh, you know, some of the proposed densities uh, were perhaps um, over generous, I guess you could say. Uh, certainly when you consider, I mean, I, what I, I like to ask people, you know, what, what, do you, what do you think Victoria should look at, look like? I mean, go, go to another uh, uh, city or, or country and, and tell, you know, tell me a city or, or, or something that you think that we should be emulating and then study that and it's quite interesting um you know uh, and i'd ask ask you guys the same well they, question. we're here to ask you what's that your, what's your answer yeah. i mean well, well, we'll what do you like to, afterwards i mean what do you i, I um, specifically i ask well do you think that that the downtown victoria harris green should perhaps look like yale town um in, in, vancouver. in vancouver should it should it be more like the West End of Vancouver, which is kind of a, a more of an older, uh, high density uh, area of Vancouver, a residential uh, area of Vancouver, and it's and it's super interesting to listen to people's response because uh, they'll say, "Oh, well, Yale Town's way too dense. You know, we don't want we don't want something like Yale Town, or or uh, the West End is just right, or something like that." And and then then you kind of look at the planning document because because so Yale Town is pretty much built out now. So it's a it's a really good uh, example. Uh, the West End of Vancouver is you know built out. Most people most people will have visited there. They know what it looks like. Um, downtown Victoria is just we're just kind of starting. Like the new the new uh, OCP is only eight years old. Uh, basically, what's happened to date is a lot of the low hanging fruit has been picked off. Like all the parking lots. Uh, have been pretty much built on now. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of demolition of existing buildings, so we're getting we're getting large buildings going up, but they're they're kind of isolated. Mm -hmm. And we're st we're starting to see clusters yeah. uh, around Johnson and Vancouver, um, and in, in, in those areas, and, and so it's just in very small areas are actually seeing how the plan is truly manifesting itself well let me just to go do you do you want yeah go ahead Matt. no no no. go ahead let's okay. keep on this do, do you want do you want harris green to look like yale town do i personally yeah uh i th i would prefer it to look like yale town for the way the direction it's going and well so what's the difference like would would yale town be like more like mid-rise rather than really tall buildings like no yale town is yale town has got uh, uh tall buildings 30 up to 30 stories what's the difference then the difference is um in yale town the density is lower mm -hmm. the prescribed density is lower by about 20 percent mm -hmm. uh you can only build four towers per city block and the vancouver city blocks are a lot larger than ours mm. Uh, and then one, and the, and you need a minimum lot size of, you know, a, a lot, a lot bigger than ours. Let's say mm -hmm. twenty five thousand square feet before you can build a tower. 
So what you end up with, and then, the, and then the rest of the block has to stay at a much lower density. Mm-hmm. So what you end up with is, is tall towers with, with lots of kind of air and, and light ar- ar- around them. That's Yale Town you're talking about. That's Yale Town. Mm-hmm. So we're essentially on, on, on the market on Yates property, I'm going to call it, we're going mm-hmm. beyond Yale Town is what oh, we're yeah. getting at. Way beyond. Okay. Bigger than Yale Town. Wow. Way more dense. About almost perhaps up to 50% more dense. We're, I, I love to, I love to, when people um, bring these applications in and we look at the densities and I know they're just numbers and the, and the numbers really confuse people because it's hard to, uh, hard, hard to kind of translate, you know, an, a small number into a bulk of uh, the bulk of a building. But um, some yeah. of these buildings that we're seeing, the Yates on Yates, for instance, um, it, it has a density and I'll, I, I'm, I'll just, touch on this briefly but seven and a half to one okay so that that is Kowloon Hong Kong density and and uh whereas Yale Town is five to one maximum only in certain spots on a city block so we're five five to one density means essentially if you built on the whole property wall to wall Mm -hmm. that would be a five and a half it's the same density as a five and a half story building yeah but you can't build out to the parking uh, straight out to the property lines because you have to have windows and things like. So yes. you have to, you have to. So when you bring it in, you go up. Yeah. So is your is your concern, which I think is a fair one, it sounds like that Victoria is becoming too dense. It has the potential to. I mean, right now it's it, right now it's not, uh, right now it's not because we've just built on you know a few dozen parking lots and right right and there's still space between all the buildings and you know it's. It, 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 you know, it's not as impactful uh, as 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 what it might be when it's completely built out, and and right. that's and and I, I say like that corner of Vancouver and um, Johnson and Yates, um, you can really start to see the buildings clustering together. There's very little distance between them. Our setbacks, you know, like for instance, the setbacks in Yale Town are 85 feet between towers. Here, it's, it can be as low as 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 always, oh, way less than half that. So you're looking at people's TVs in, in the next units and things like that. It's not, it's livability. To, to answer your question, uh, I mean, in terms of my own vision of what I think Victoria is or should be, let's say over the next 30 years, um, to me, it's not so much a question of density about, about where and how we're densifying. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I, I posted a really great video today to my Facebook feed that I really encourage people to look at. Um, if you Google it, it's called The Missing Middle Mystery Vancouver. And it's made by a great urbanist group there in Vancouver. And they explain what the, the bargain was, the big bargain between single family home owners and the city over the last 50 years, which was essentially to densify the heck out of downtown, big, tall glass skyscrapers, and then everything else is single family homes. And there's really nothing in the middle. And so Vancouver has a very, very particular look to it that looks very different than pretty much any other city in, in most of North America, let alone Europe or elsewhere. So for me, I, I don't want Victoria to look like Vancouver. I don't want a bunch of skyscrapers in my downtown. I would prefer to densify and distribute that densification more around the city, especially around urban villages. And on my read of the, of the official community plan, that's what we're supposed to be doing. And I was just looking at materials from the city of Victoria today, and 60% of our recent developments have been downtown. And it's supposed to be more equitable than that. It's supposed to be more distributed. There's supposed to be more going on in Cookshead Village and Fernwood and Quadra and elsewhere but downtown gets stuck with all the development. And as a result, everything goes vertical. So I would like to see more 
mid and low rise buildings and missing middle than I would skyscrapers. I don't want a 32 story building in Victoria. I just think it's out of scale with who we are. How do you, and I'm not going to disagree with Jeremy there, but one another variable that comes in is you have developers who have projects and they need to get certain financing. So Starlight is proposing a block and, you know, there's a lot of good aspects to it. It's a million square feet of rental unit, which I think is great. There's green space. But if you say, okay, you can't do that, Starlight, we don't like that. Well, they go, okay, well, we're going we're gonna to leave. We're not going to go build townhouses in Fernwood because we don't build town. That's not what we do. So, Ian, how do you kind of balance that where you kind of also have to let developers do what they do, which is develop? And, and they are there to, they have to make money and they're trying to, I think, take community input as well. It's, it's a fine line. Is that anything you have to say on that? Fine line. Uh, well, I've been in the development industry myself for 40 years. And, okay. and I, and I've, and there's, it's always a fine balance between, you know, balancing the priorities and the numbers. Again, it's all about, it's about all about cost and, and, uh, and, you know, the, the developers have to make their margins. There's no, there's no doubt about that. Um, whether increasing density, um, you know, can create affordability or, or, or make it, uh, I mean, uh, that is something that a lot of, that gets bandied around an awful lot uh, that, oh, we, we just let these guys increase their density a bit and then the product will be cheaper and more affordable. Um, I've never witnessed that personally in my right. 40 years. Uh, basically what it does is it increases the profit, profitability for that project alone uh, which in turn increases the base price for land uh, for the property right next door. So when that property gets sold for development, the the base level price for that property will be interesting. Will be so you're saying there's no like direct correlation between more densification means more affordability. No, I mean this is the, the problem is that like I I don't have an MA in in you know in urban development and mm -hmm. few people do and every time we talk about this subject I get bombarded with a bunch of different articles that often have contradictory conclusions yeah. about you know what actually is the cause of driving up the cause the, the price of a city what where does affordability come from and it seems everyone seems to have their pet theory that's based mm -hmm. on their own bit of research. But, you know, for, for mere mortals such as myself, it's hard to know where the truth lies there. But does supply and demand, the old classic rule of you build more units, there's going to be more supply on the market and, and, and less demand and prices will come down. I mean, I just, I find it hard to get away from that argument on, I mean, let's look at Starlight, for example. So they have a 32 story, 27, a 22 and 19 and 17. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, we can shave those down. Uh, mm -hmm. which is essentially just shaving units off the market. So as much as maybe we don't want to, I don't want to look at a skyscrapers downtown. I have a hard time rationalizing to people uh, that that supply and demand argument doesn't exist, but you're suggesting that's not true perhaps. Well, it, not incrementally. Um, you, you have to increase supply pretty substantially, um, you know, to bring the price down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right now, what we've got is falling interest rates, which is which is in turn, you know, a, a, people's ability to pay is pretty much static. You've got the price of borrowing dropping, uh, which means that that monthly payment that people can afford will now purchase more more money. Therefore, the price of real estate automatically rises to absorb 
whatever people's ability to pay may be. That's, that's just the reality. And then you've got all this hot money mm -hmm. in the world sloshing around, searching for a home. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, a lot of that's getting dumped in real estate now because the bond market is really bad. Uh, so you've got uh, you know, outfits like Starlight uh, coming in and, and developing and, and doing so with fairly small you know, um, margins. Mm -hmm. so, so with starlight what happens in your role so we have this controversial project which i'm going to call it controversial because a lot of housing yeah. affordability people like it mm -hmm. a lot of people don't like it what what happens now when it where does the community input come in and where does your role as as the calic come in or have you already accepted community feedback on this or what kind of potential are we looking at giving back to the developer here um that is actually valuable before they walk away how does that process work well we We've conducted the public meetings and, and we've got we've had some feedback uh, from the public. Uh, some promises were made at those public meetings that were immediately abandoned. Hmm. Uh, By uh, the developer? Yes. Do you want to get into it? Sure. Uh, they promised to abide by the OCP limits for density. And uh, within a couple of months, that was abandoned. And now they're up uh, higher than the OCP uh, uh, maximums. Uh, it's funny because when you go and look at their website, they, they talk about this project like it's definitely happening. But I mean, it's... Oh, that's, that's what developers do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, give, uh, give us a sense They of bought the property. So yeah, it's going to happen uh, in one form or another. Mm -hmm. um, they bought the Harris Dodge uh, property. Uh, they bought the... Uh, I, I, or I understand that they bought the London Drugs property. So yeah, they... They did. They will do something. There. Mm -hmm. what, what would you like to see it become? Oh, it's 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 going to be a series of towers uh, uh, at at a at a density that that hopefully complies to the OCP. That's that's pretty much for certain. The configuration uh, of those towers and the height and and that's that's probably all that's going to be uh, discussed. Do you think we can, is there, so is the 32 is the biggest one, which, you know, view towers next door is 18. So this is, I, I always thought view towers was pretty tall. 32 is quite beyond 14, almost double, let's say. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how is that up for debate still? Like, like, are they going to say, well, we'll say 32, but then we'll fight our way down to 30 or like, what do you see coming out of the outcome of this? Is that, are we going to knock that down at all? Or is, is that going to stick? Which would be setting a new landmark for Victoria for height. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean, our our policy uh, is is to support the the core planning documents and 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 of course the limits there are twenty four and I, I think it's twenty three or something like that and uh, so that's what we'll recommend and and uh, wow and, and the density of five and a half to one instead of the six that they're asking for. Uh, Personally, I find so they, that uh, they that, went six stories over. <laughs> mm -hmm. the, the height, though, uh, uh, just just to, uh, and this is this is my personal opinion. The the height height mm -hmm. is less important, I think, in, in a lot of cases than than the actual bulk of the building. Like if you look at a building like View Towers, uh, it it has a, a floor plate size that's actually double what what the the um, local area plan um, 
calls for. Calls calls for. for. Yeah. And and if you walk down the north uh, that northern uh, side of View Towers on View Street, you 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 can see the shadowing. That's it's pretty significant there. Um, there's parts uh, across the street that never see the light of day. Um, but if you have a if you have a taller and narrower uh, tower, you do the light the light will get around it. Uh, you know, during the day and, and uh, it, it ha it's actually of less impact to its neighbors. And that way too, if you go up higher, you can pull, you, you can pull further away from your neighbors as well. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's just my personal observation. So yeah, well, uh, shadows are a big consideration, right? Because mm -hmm. they, they affect everything from the plants growing on your balcony to your, your well-being. And there's a lot of people who have seasonal affective disorder and who, who wants to live in a shadow all the time? Exactly. And there's um, no policy currently uh, for shadowing in Victoria. Oh, really? No. Yeah. And I mean, there should okay. be. Yeah. So the I mean, density is a bigger issue for you. So six to six to one over what should be five point five to one is is a bigger concern. I'm not saying you're wrong at all. Height. It's a bigger concern than the height, which I think is a lot of people is a simpler concept. Like thirty-two. Right. Oh my god. And right. density is doesn't really mean much. I mean, density is it's all about the bulk of a building on a certain size lot. Um, it, 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 and it's basically how how the building uh, treats its neighbors, and and when you're cramming a huge amount of bulk uh, right up next to your neighbor, it 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 impacts the livability of your neighbor. Uh, Let me ask you this question in a different way, maybe in a more direct way. Do you feel like downtown Victoria and Harris Green has absorbed too much of the growth that more of that should be pushed out to? The residential areas into the urban villages in Victoria City. I, I don't know about whether it's too much. I, I mean, it, 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 the downtown has a capacity to be redeveloped and and, and absorb a lot of um, growth for the region uh, uh, in a livable way. Mm -hmm. uh, I just I, my concerns are that the current that the current regulations don't really promote that entirely. Yeah. How so? What do you mean? Be well, just just that uh, you know the the setbacks and the and the the density. I mean, the if you lower density, you increase livability. It's it's it it's kind of a default, really. Okay. Um, and 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 I don't really think that you're going to impact. Um, affordability uh, the price of affordability that much mm -hmm. uh uh there, there are there are i mean we, we are on an island we are surrounded here by th on three sides by water so there is uh, a limited supply of land um but we're not I, I mean if you look at the area north of of, of chatham street and you know there, there there are areas that that still in victoria that could that could take on a, a you know a, a fairly substantial population Absolutely. Uh, and that market on Yates block, you know, really offers not much at all. It's a one story commercial mm -hmm. block. There's the shops in there. There, you know, it's completely underutilized. So I think what is cool about Victoria is there's a lot of blocks like that, that offer huge potential to just simply give back more to the community, more commercial space. I assume way more underground parking, more rent. Uh, there's no green space on there currently. And these guys are doing a half acre of green space, which, uh, you know, for people, Am I right? That's I think that's correct. It's a half acre well, of green I, space. It'll be interesting to see how green it 
it is of course yeah uh, yeah it might not be as it uh, might as be hard hardscaped uh, we'll hard, see okay. it, 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 they're promising a public plaza which is which is great it, it, it's a, it, it, that is a great thing yeah sure. so uh, is there any opportunity now for citizens who don't like what this looks like to impact uh have a say in this building still or is starlight uh, just basically are we stuck with the absolutely story? absolutely council so? council responds Council responds to emails. You, if you, if they get twelve hundred emails on this project, uh, it will likely not go ahead. That's my personal take. That sounds they, like I need to get organized then. They do. Um, they do respond to public uh, input uh, on, on on scale. I mean, one of the uh, other things I don't like about it, honestly, um, Ian, is that it's it's. Um, it feels like carpetbaggers coming in and trying to park their money somewhere. I would much rather be supporting one of our smaller or mid-sized local developers, frankly. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, the Vancouver, the, the, the out-of-town uh, developers have arrived. They started coming here around six or seven years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, they, and, and, and developing in Vancouver is difficult and expensive. Mm -hmm. And developing here, by comparison, is as easy as pie. Uh, right. So that's they. They have a willing, um, a willing council, uh, and and uh, and uh, you know the regulation is, you know, fairly. Uh, Do they use local work 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 crews at yes. the building? Yeah. So. Um, what? Well, thanks for t informing us about Starlight. Uh, appreciate it. Maybe we can shift. What about Telus uh, Ocean? So Telus proposed a ocean center. It's a, a building downtown um, mm -hmm. across from the Strathcona, I believe, where there's two rental car lots. Uh, it was yeah. a city-owned lot that the city sold for 8.1 uh, million. That building kind of came out of nowhere, and then I haven't heard much about it yet. I know you have some strong views on that one. It would be a core building downtown, so that mm -hmm. is in the literal heart of downtown, like beside the Empress. Uh, old downtown what's what's the status on that project well the city it's city land city owned land uh telus hasn't bought it telus has an option on it or they have a a, a contract on it subject to uh, approval of rezoning uh, uh and uh and i think they had partnered originally um with uh, the jaws on it um and the Jaws uh, participated um, right up until uh, they were awarded the um, uh, they were they were awarded the competition for the property based on the on the submitted plan. Uh, we haven't been able to to, to actually find the plan uh, that was submitted. We we requested it in an FOI um, to the to the city, and 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 they uh, redacted it. So we don't know exactly what was pitched to the city to get to 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 win the competition for the property. Huh. Uh, but since then, the Jaws have withdrawn from the project, right? And uh, and a company, a small uh, developer, a smaller developer, uh, uh, Arise has has uh, yeah, stepped we had in. Them on our podcast. Yeah, two, we just had them on. Yeah. And and arise is um, it's it's kind of interesting. Uh, they, they haven't uh, well well I've uh, in the last decade anyway they haven't built anything downtown. Mm -hmm. um, 
so uh, so it's an interesting exercise. first time for everything although it's or not we're talking about getting yep. uh local developers going you know at some sure. point you got to do your first reno and first house and i imagine the well, first big guy is a big challenging one but well, we've had very good luck with the with the with the Jaw family uh, over the years. They've they've really done uh, extremely nice work. Do we know why they pulled out? No. Well, what's your concern with the project? Um, well, right now the the again it's uh, the the OCP designation for the property for density is 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 four to one, which is quite similar to the there's a condominium right next door called the Aria. Um, uh-huh. and, and, and it, it's density is actually lower than that. And, and they are requesting a, a much higher density, almost 50% higher, I believe, or not quite 50, and, and 30% higher. I don't know about and, this project that well. Is it, is it mixed use residential commercial? No, there's no residential in it. It's all, it's all, uh, office, um, uh, which is a bit of an odd use um, as well, because it's it's kind of in an area that's all exclusively hotels and 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 residential. So uh, so they're inserting an office use in 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 a in an area that's not tip not not used for it right now. Would you um, prefer to see residential there? I I I'm not uh, the the use doesn't really bother me too much it's it, it's the bulk again it's the bulk of the building um uh, right. it, it's it, it has these very tall stories uh so it, it measures out it bulks out uh, at around it, if a condominium was the same bulk as that it would be 8.8 to 1 which is which again is hong kong densities wow. so this right now it pokes up above the the empress hotel um, well above the Empress Hotel, so you could you'll be able to see it from the harbor, and uh, and there's this lovely Talus neon sign. How many stories would it be? be floating? It's twelve okay. at the max, I believe. But they're very tall stories. There's the stories are sixty percent taller than than a normal residential story height, and and I believe there's some very tall stories well, at it's the gonna, bottom. So y- y- there's some twenty. It's also going to be really. It's going to be very interesting to see if. Uh, developers continue to build these large office towers given the changes that we've seen to the economy during the pandemic and so many people working from home presumably some of those people are going to flow back into the office at the end of the pandemic mm-hmm. quite a lot of them might stay home and continue to work remotely so i do wonder i mean victoria has already been overdeveloped on um on commercial space you know my wife's in private practice and she's she's looked into moving before and there's always so many you know there's so many commercial spaces available all the yeah, time exactly. It's totally a renter's market for commercial. Yes, it is. Wow. We realize, but it's not. It's not for residential, but it is for commercial. Yeah. We realize that there's going to be a building built on that uh, on that site. There's there's no mm-hmm. doubt, and um, we we would just uh, like to see something that's a little more uh, congenial to their. So neighbor. why do we? Even, what's the deal? OCP is four to one, and people come in and go, "Why won't do six to one or five to one?" Mm-hmm. What what happened? Is the OCP just a guiding document at this point, or is there is it legally binding at all? Uh, is it more of a guide? Well, they they call it a guide. Uh, um, we like to con- kind of uh, refer to it more as more like a contract between the the public and the and the council and the and the development community. I mean, when this document was was formed. Everybody was sitting at the table, and and everybody agreed that yeah, this is this is where it's going to be. 
and, and now, and it's funny because it's uh -huh. the last, it's just the last five years that, that all of these applications are coming in uh, with OCP amendments attached to them to, to increase density above, uh -huh. above the maximum. Which counselors are seem most supportive of mm -hmm. um, allowing flexibilities to the OCP? Well, the mayor is probably number one, and um, and I think Marianne Alto is also very supportive uh, of. Uh, and then it's a mixed bag after mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. right? Of um, course, and it's interesting because on the flip side, we had this project in Cook Street. A couple months ago that was i believe a six story looked like it fit uh, a lot of work done kind of more in line with what i know jeremy supports and uh, that actually got denied for other reasons that it didn't actually include enough residential units so we're kind of caught in this in this bind between uh you know six stories aren't okay tall ones aren't okay and i think victorians don't really have an idea of what we want because everyone wants something different and it sounds like yeah. we don't want to uh uh you know Budge. And you add into that mix very complicated arguments about affordability, which was also part of that whole argument in Cook Street, right? That it wasn't affordable enough, or there wasn't enough affordable units. Um, it's it's hard it's it's hard to make uh, affordable. I mean, I'm I'm doing developing right now. My my costs, construction costs now are up, like mm -hmm. like significantly over, yeah, over just a year or two ago and and it's 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 tough and then the uh, again the price of land and and developers they're always looking at what the, the guy across the street just paid for their property and well and Ian, let me this is your chance to tell us what is the pathway to affordability in victoria in your opinion well i don't know it's it's the most <laughs> desirable city in the country to live in and you've got uh, the, you know, a, a lot of people that are that are successful and retiring and want to want to live here. I think they there was there was a survey once uh, of Canadians, and forty percent of Canadians wanted to retire to Victoria. Yeah, uh, that would be you know several million people wanting to move here, and and the reality is is that uh, that they can't because they can't afford it. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I honestly don't think when you've got um, a, a city as beautiful as as this one, um, it, it's going to be an expensive city, no matter what you do. I think affordability. The key to affordability is 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 senior government really uh, has to become more involved. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I I think more market housing. It is for the market uh -huh. uh, and and guys like me will I mean we we have to sell to the market uh -huh. um, yeah absolutely and and, I think yeah and the government if it, for for uh, worker housing and things like that and, and and there's a lot there there are a lot of nonprofit uh, housing providers in Victoria who do a fantastic job Capital and, Regional Housing Corp not not just those. There's there some smaller ones uh, as well, but yeah, the Capital Reason, Regional Housing Corp for sure, um, and and they do a great job, and and they I, they could be supported uh, uh, more, I think, directly. Pacifica, um, because they can if you if you yeah Pacifica if you give if you give 
Pacifica or, or one of these, if you give them $200,000, they can leverage that with, with senior government right. up, up to 10 times. Right. Matching funds and et cetera. Yeah. Well, they, they only need a 10th. They, right, they, yeah. they can really get it. And, and again, you know, I think if, if um, you know, the inclusionary housing, um, uh, policy. I don't know if you followed that or not, but uh, yeah. Well, and, and Matt and I have been learning about all. I mean, all this stuff gets really complex. We were just learning mm -hmm. the other day when we had um, Luke on from Arise about the AHOP, the Affordable Housing yeah. Home Ownership Program, which is run through BC, BC Housing, housing. Yeah. which allows units to be sold 20% or so under market. Uh, it's still a little unclear to me how, how many sales that lasts for. If it's, I, I don't know if it's always in perpetuity or just for one sale, but you know, these different kind of mechanisms, let's just say, to, just to try to keep, you know, to allow middle income people to buy places, which is challenging here. Um, but, you know, my my issue, and you can tell me what you think, but uh, one of my issues right now about the, the conversation about development in Victoria is that it tends to get very myopic around housing. We just talk about housing and affordability, and we lose, fat, lose sight of the fact that development always has a multiplicity of, of aspects to it. It's not just about housing and affordability. It's also about transportation. It's about services. It's about access to schools. It's about access to healthcare. You know, I, I moved here almost 10 years ago. It took me years to find a doctor, to find a general practitioner. My mother just moved here. Forget about it. You know, our kids are dealing with challenges in public schools. And, um, you know, there's a lack of access to late French immersion in this town, something we've never talked about in this podcast you know, big transportation woes as the city grows. So I, I really want that conversation around development to take into account all these different views. Don't just cram ourselves full of housing and then we don't have the services to support that population or the jobs. Yeah. Well, one of the DRA's big, big things is, is uh, uh, amenities. I mean, we're taking um, what they call a brownfield area like uh, which is the downtown it, it's been developed before for commercial and it's now being redeveloped for residential and and in order to you know create a community a complete community you need you need things like parks and schools and yeah, uh, and, yeah. and all of those public amenities that, that go uh with it and yeah. uh and there's there there is a sh a shocking lack of of uh consideration of the of all of of those things, and uh, like you mentioned as well, uh, there's yeah. very no, very little consideration made to uh, green space uh, parks. There's uh, we 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 see kids uh, playing soccer in in the parking lot, so the tire shop next to our mm -hmm. next to our place, because uh, yeah. there's no there's no pocket parks, there's no ba basketball courts, there's yeah. nothing like that, yeah. and and that and that's something that we've hoped would become a bit of priority and. Uh, and again, you know, providing things like daycare and, and you know, medical uh, services. Absolutely, yeah. How does the DRA feel about more pedestrian zones in downtown, like shutting Government Street off to non-commercial traffic, making it a pedestrian zone? I, I, I personally, I, I, I think it's great, supportable. If, if, if we can strike the right balance between, you know, the commercial... Uh, uh, the commercial retailers in that in those areas. I'm, uh, I, I, that's that's the the big the big question is whether you can you can generate enough 
traffic to keep businesses viable. Yeah. Which is an argument for having more people downtown. I know the business mm-hmm. owner friends I have is they're going like, let's, let's get people down here. It's dead downtown. You know, uh, mm-hmm. after six o'clock on a Monday, like people are trying to have a lively downtown and there's simply not enough people being drawn there. I know for myself, I rarely go down with my family. I don't have an issue with it. It's just, it's just not a spot that that's, that draws me as a, as a, as a dad down there. So I think it's a, a big argument for, further densifying um i, well, I do I, yeah. I was like, yeah go ahead i want to switch gears on something. Like, yeah but i was just gonna say going back to an earlier podcast we have the number of music venues has declined in the city you know the stuff that brings people out in the evening has gone down i mean the copper owl my favorite bar you know mm-hmm. no longer is no longer around no longer has live music so it's yeah. matt's absolutely right like we need to bring the vitality back to downtown even pre-pandemic i mean you know obviously the pandemic has made all of this worse but even pre-pandemic it's like what is bringing people what's bringing people there, you know? And, and those are really important conversations that we're gonna to have to have as we think about the post-pandemic period. Ian, we talked about two big projects, Starlight and Telus Ocean. I know mm-hmm. there's a couple other ones. What's on your radar? Um, I, I wanna throw the duck building, which I wouldn't sure. mind talking about, but, but it, what else when people, what say controversial downtown, is there anything else you are dealing with in your role that people might not be aware of in the next you know, 10 years? Well, there's, there's certainly a lot of pressure. Old Town, which is the area to the west of Douglas Street. I mean, when the OCP was being rejigged in 2012, it was recognized that Old Town was very important. I mean, we have a, a, a billion dollar uh, tourist industry here and they don't come to look at the towers in Harris Green. They, they come yeah. to look at our Old Town and, and, yeah. and shop in the shops and eat in the restaurants and things like that. And, and that is, that's an asset that needs, needs to be protected because it could be snuffed out fairly, you know, fairly easily uh, yep. without due care and attention. So when the OCP was being rewritten, um, it was decided, and it was a conscious decision, was to, you know, the density, additional density was to be absorbed in the area to the east of Douglas Street. So, which is Harris Green and, and, and that, and that, and the densities in the old town were to be maintained at three to one or less. Now, three to one is just a number again, but it's interesting to, to point out that all these old heritage buildings, um, they, they come in at a very low, I mean, the average down there is maybe two, two to one, one and a half. I, I own two heritage buildings in, in old town and one of them's 1.25 to one, the other's 2.2 to one. Uh-huh. And, and that's kind of standard, right? So they're, they're quite small. So they can be overwhelmed quite easily by, by the construction of larger neighboring buildings. And, and then you lose that, that whole, you lose all the, the you know, the, the cool back courtyards yeah. oh, and, yeah. and, and the alleyways and right. all that stuff. Just All the stuff that adds character, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We love that. That's, that is, I think, what is a non-negotiable in Victoria, I would say, yeah. like most people. That is what we are. We want people to deal with affordability, but that is, yeah. so the west to Douglas Street, I didn't know it was that big. I thought Old Town was mostly the area around Chinatown, but you're yeah. kind of saying it's the whole west of Douglas to the water, essentially. Yeah. So we're getting we're getting applications, again, that are pushing the envelope o- over three to one in, in, in Chinatown, in which is right. a national historic site. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and old town like the duck building is perfect example um uh-huh. you know they they want to basically just just take just keep the facade of the duck building yeah, and build this it. this and, and completely take everything out and uh and go 50 higher than the maximum 
And what would you like to see yeah, there? I, I, yeah. I, personally, I'd like to see the, the existing duct building uh, upgraded as it is and, right. and restored as it is. I, I mean, I've done two of these buildings myself. I know it's possible. Yeah, they're, they're tricky and they're expensive and, and, and a bit expensive to do. Uh, I, I, I think that the approach at the duck at the duck is, I mean, they they want the density to create the boutique hotel that they're proposing, of course. Uvic Uvic owns it. Uvic owns it. They're going to partner with uh, Dave Shard from Shard Developments to uh, to build this uh, uh, boutique hotel, and I, it'll be leased to an operator long term. Okay. That's that's the. That's you prefer the, to see it be like what office space then? No residential right whatever it could be yeah. off it could be in any use but just just to retain more of the building fabric i think probably one of the big things is that they want to put a parking garage underneath it and these old these old brick buildings aren't it, yeah it's very difficult to, to insert like a huge parking structure underneath one uh, uh right. when and there's no current requirement for parking for, for a historic buildings anyway right uh, so it, it could be very, and I, and I know Chris Lefebvre has made a career out of out of uh, restoring these old buildings and, and, and converting them into uh, condominiums, and, and done done a, quite a nice job, and, and really retained you know the majority of the building fabric, and, and I think that's possible uh, with the duck and, and it's such a and we'd hope such a key that location can, too. It is very much. It's it, it, literally in the in the center of of old downtown. Are there other buildings that were on your list, Matt, that you wanted to discuss? There's one or two other things I wanted to mention. Um, I just was going to throw out to Ian to say, is there anything else people should be aware of? We've talked to three now, just on the radar buildings. So Old Town, Dock, Starlight. Um, well, I was going to talk Ellis. about the building that burned sure. down, right? Yes, yeah, sure. Across the street from yeah. Mac. Uh, and then the other thing that came up on our podcast a couple of weeks ago was that the art museum is looking to potentially move down into somewhere between Capital Iron, either right next to Capital Iron or somewhere over there between there and Rock Bay. Um, okay. I don't know if that's on your radar. Not yet, no. Yeah. There's the Montrose, uh, there's a, uh, a proposal on the corner of Blanchard and Fort uh, for a 20 story tower um, for a, a, an Airbnb style hotel. Right, that's where the, is it Monk Montrose. Office Supply? Is, is yes. there an Office Supply store there right now? Mm -hmm. Oh, Monk, yeah. And yeah. Uh, maybe some Ditch Records is perhaps in there? Yeah. yeah. So, when, oh, wow. That would be a big, I mean, Airbnb is dead now. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't I don't know. I, they're counting on recovery, obviously. It's going to yeah. take several years to build it. And and, uh, and again, it'll be operated by a, by a third party. How many story is that one proposed? 20. And, but it's, it's quite dense. It, um, again, they've, there's a heritage building, the Montrose uh, uh, on uh, just to the north of it. And, they're, and they're, they're transferring density from the Montrose building to this site. Uh, and, and, uh, it, it, uh, it, and then, um, what is it? Uh, uh, designating the, the Montrose heritage uh, mm -hmm. Which is which is fine, but they're not they're not going to seismically upgrade it or, or anything like that. And and so the the hotel building itself will on on its own property will come in at around nine point nine FSR. That's 
that's on the avenue manhattan <laughs> wow that is so, extremely uh, yeah it's pretty dense 20 uh, stories Ooh, yeah whew. yeah so fsr it's, did you say fsr well uh, w on its own property at 9.9 9.9 i think it is or 9 point something it's it's pretty it's it, it's pretty dense. Uh, they're they're borrowing the the surplus density from the Montrose Heritage Building and moving it over. Uh, and we I, didn't, uh, I didn't that, know you that's could do pretty, that. You can't. Well, we didn't <laughs> really either. Can. And uh, I, well, I don't think uh, council. The one thing um, that's interesting to know is that council actually has the discretion to pretty much do anything it wants. Right. That's, they can change density they can, and they yeah. can they can do and, and there's no recourse as long uh, as it's compliant with the bc building code pretty um, much yes i gained a few pounds during the pandemic i wouldn't mind transferring those to somebody else like you know <laughs> me um yeah, no take yeah that's i didn't know that that's kind of that's kind of crazy i that that worries me though because i like ditch records and i shop at monk and i like those buildings and it's just like yeah it's a beautiful corner. That's a that's a that's a really old towny corner where I think people people love Fourth Street. It's it's, it's a great street. Love Fourth well, Street. Well, Fourth Street ha is designated a heritage corridor, um, and we haven't heard any you know uh, good arguments about uh, how this project would affect the heritage corridor. And it's also within the um, a, a ninety meter. There's also uh, in the OCP a. Uh, um, uh, significant building uh, uh, clause that uh, anything within 90 uh, uh, meters of the cathedral uh, uh, needs special attention uh, uh, for, for, you know, to preserve viewscapes and things. Of course, this, this project is within that 90 meters and we haven't really heard an argument um, um, that supports uh, how, how uh, this project will be mindful is, of is one of the problems, Ian, and I think this is a problem across the world, is that people are too exhausted to be engaged in what's happening around them. And this is particularly in downtown where you have so much action happening. People are working, they're taking care of their kids. And, and so this stuff is happening and you're like, oh, let's start a campaign or let's get some ideas. And people are like, oh, I'm trying to, you know, I'm doing this for Greenpeace and I'm recycling and I'm fighting my taxes and it's just too much and people just don't care and i know on on vcan which you and i sit on the community association downtown needs support and i'm getting the sense that maybe there's not enough public like you'd like more feedback from the public or are, are, are these kind of sneaking through just because the public can't have time to care about it a little yeah it's a bit of a bit of everything and, and i think you really put the finger on it uh there, there's a lot of development fatigue downtown and, and a, a part of it is that people don't understand the process fully and, and, and they kind of think, oh, it's a done deal. And, and they don't realize that they know that their input does count and, and, it, and it will be listened to. Um, yeah. But you're, you're right, there is a lot of, a lot of fatigue. Uh, uh, yeah. People, people um, kind of get get fatigued from, from this whole process and it, and it does grind you down. Uh, well, that's what we're trying to do. I think Jeremy and I, not that we're going to accomplish it, but we're, I think we're just saying, let's just talk about this. Let's admit, you know, we don't know anything. Let's get people on who do know stuff and ask them, you know, regular old questions. And at least it's up on the internet and mm -hmm. you don't have to attend a meeting on a Monday night Calic meeting, which is exhausting. And, you know, you can go for a run and, 
and listen to it or whatever. And I mean, I, I'm hoping that, you know, we, and there's some other people out there that are doing some cool stuff. They're sidewalking Victoria. There's some cool blogs popping up of people just starting to think about this. And I know there's just a lot of intelligent people in the community. I mean, yourself, who I've always enjoyed listening to and, and Luke from Arise and Pam and uh, just kind of try, trying to find some consensus. So I, I think we should probably leave it there because I know I could talk for another two hours and, and I'll look forward to doing that at VCAN. And we're going to keep doing these and I, I, mean, I hope we can have you on again to, to talk about another aspect of it. But um, thank you for explaining a lot of things that I, I did not know. Well, you're most welcome. And, and I'm, I'm in the loop. So, you know, I, I attend all this stuff with you and, and, and I, I'm still I learning. I apologize if it, if it was too, if, I, if it was no. too technical. Perfect. No, that was perfect. I, yeah. Everything was easy to digest. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you so much, Ian. And I just had one sort of final question to leave you with, uh, or you could leave us with. And that is what, in your opinion, what would you like Victoria to be thinking about as we think about the post-pandemic period and downtown? What should we be focusing on? What, what are, where's their opportunity to do something great moving forward and, and having come out of this pandemic? Well, public space is, is, is so important. And, and, and I think it, it, it's, it, the pandemic has really shown us that, uh, that, that public space is incredibly important for people's mm -hmm. well-being and 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 yeah you know to to be able to get out of your your shoebox size apartment right and find a little patch of green somewhere um to stay for a few minutes away from 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 you know to distance yourself uh yeah according to the protocols and things it, it's very important and, and and i think there's opportunities uh, for the city to do, you know, Ship Point Park, uh, it's still sitting on a shelf. Uh, the uh, David Foster right. uh, walkway, uh, it's it's there waiting to be done. Um, you know, the Government mm -hmm. Street Mall extended extension to Chatham Street. That's that's another great public space uh, potential. Uh, all all just sitting and and. And uh, you know, designing considered years ago, and just kind of waiting to happen. So it'd be it'd be wonderful. Thanks, to, thanks to Sam. Have That's really public spaces. Completely agree. We don't want to just have private spaces. We want to have public spaces for everyone, for downtown residents and for visitors to enjoy. So thank yeah. you. That's a really great point to leave us with. Really appreciate great. you taking the time. Okay. Well, thanks you. podcast we do i want to say that's the most i've ever learned but maybe that's because i'm learning all of them but I, I i learned a lot there and i've been talking to ian already um i feel like the density piece was really important that i haven't recognized how important that is and uh, i'd like to keep talking about this throughout the year with other people with different angles and uh try to piece together what you know yeah. we think and <clears throat> i i think from I mean, Ian helped me to evolve my own views because I, 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 I've become singular minded in my criticism of skyscrapers, <clears throat> but obviously yeah. it's not just about height. And Ian, I think did a really great job of saying, we need to think about it not only in terms of height, but also in those density ratios, like mm -hmm. four to one or seven to one, which is like how, how much the building would be spread out over a footprint. So it's not just about height, but it's also about thinking about density in a different way. And he had a really, I thought some really interesting things to say about things like shadows, right? Mm -hmm. It's not something that we think about on a daily basis, but a big 
building has a certain shadow. What is the effect of that shadow on the people across the street, for instance? Yeah, and, and you can do with computers now, compared to when View Towers was built and there was no computers now, like you, it's a full shadow modeling. You know exactly where the shadow is going to be at all times of the day. So, you know, I, I personally put up some faith, definitely some faith in developers. I think a lot of them have, they have some care about the community and about their art and about what they do. Uh, and even people like Starlight who are international, um, you know, these guys are the ones that are doing a job that I'm, a lot of us aren't ready to do, which is build huge projects with huge amounts of money. Uh, and so I think that a better community conversation is what I do think needs to happen. And, and that's a hard thing to do to get people's input. People are busy. So I'm happy we talked to them. I'd like to keep this conversation going. There's a few other people um, to talk about. I know we can't talk about development all the time because it gets a bit dry and uh, you got to live your life. but. But that was fun. I'm glad we had Ian on. Uh, yeah, and, and let us know what you think. Um, we're, we're really keen to hear what people want to see Victoria become and what your vision is for how this town develops. So let us know if you have thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. You were saying some people have been listening to the Arts Podcast. So we'll have to think about some arts artists next. I still want to spend some time talking about kids, which is something that's important for me right now, how the yeah. city's working for kids. But uh, we can sort that out later, maybe in, for two weeks' time. And... Um, yeah, that was nice. Nice pandemic activity. I, I had a couple of beers during the this and just listen to Ian and feel like I'm catching up with friends. Yeah, it was a good conversation. So thanks, Matt. Thanks again to Ian, and uh, we'll see you next time. Okay, adios. Good night.